This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? I'm good, Wally. How are you? Uh, pretty You're talking about the lease? <laughs> Anyways, uh, just to let our listeners know what's uh, coming up on the show. At the bottom end of the hour, we'll be talking to TSN, one of TSN's morning men uh, on their sports uh, program. First up in the morning, former Toronto Maple Leaf defenseman Carlo Koliakovo, and uh, we'll get his take on uh, the Leafs week. We'll, uh, Naz and I will be giving you our take <laughs> very shortly. And uh, shortly after the first break, uh, the owner of the Ottawa Senators, Eugene Melnick. Uh, Eugene's been under quite a bit of fire uh, lately in Ottawa, but uh, we're going to talk about something else today. Uh, Eugene is uh, uh, involved in uh, uh, in a company that's uh, doing something interesting in the world of diagnosing concussions. We've had uh, Eugene on the show quite a few times over the years. Uh, you know, at times we uh, we talk about the senators, and times with Eugene we've talked about other things. Uh, I had a great program with Eugene about a year, a year and a bit ago. About uh, uh, he was very involved in a charitable organization uh, involving organ uh, transplants and encouraging people to sign up to uh, donate organs. We've talked to Eugene about other charitable adventures, uh, adventures, and uh, today we're going to talk to him about uh, a fascinating new company that uh, he's getting himself involved with. It's all about uh, diagnosing concussions, and I'm sure. Uh, We'll get him to chat, uh, perhaps a little bit about last night's game. Right, I'm sure, sure he's walking so. around. Uh, I'm sure Eugene's walking around uh, uh, pretty upright this morning. I'm sure six-two loss for yeah, the Leafs. Uh, the one thing I know, the Ottawa Senators, if they get an opportunity to hand it to the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, um, th- that's, this almost makes their season. I haven't had a lot of good things happen in Ottawa this year, but beating the Leafs and trouncing them that they did last night certainly. Uh, make uh, Ottawa Senators fans quite happy and all the Toronto Maple Leaf fans on the way back from Ottawa this morning on the 401. Uh, it's probably a long drive back. Uh, anyways, Naz, I, I want to get this one out of my system right off the hop. Obviously, we're going to be talking Leaf Talk. Uh, okay. Friday night, you got the green sweaters out. Okay. St. Patrick's Day. Today's St. Patrick's Day to all our Listeners, happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I'm obviously a loyal Notre Dame fighting Irish guy, so St. Patrick's Day is obviously uh, something that uh, is up my alley as well. But uh, did they really have to come back with the green sweaters for a second time? Like, really? Like, you know, like, I thought the colors of the team were blue and white. 
And I'd be, I'd be interested in talking to, uh, if I'd ever had an opportunity to talk about somebody who's, who's an expert in, in sports psychology or sports reaction times or, you know, I'm, obviously I'm not going to blame the loss or the pathetic performance on, on green sweaters, but come on, guys, isn't once enough with the green sweaters? You can only win once with those sweaters. <laughs> they, they tried it twice in a row and it didn't work. Like, you know, the, the, the Leafs are blue and white and I get the part about that, you know, a hundred years ago, they were the Toronto St. Pats. Uh, but you know, if I'm a player, I mean, I maybe I gotta remember. Let's let's ask Koliakovo that when he, Carlo when he comes on the show. Like if, if the players really care about whether you know they're wearing weird uniforms. But you know, the the reaction times in hockey are so so infinitesimal that you know you get used to seeing you know. It's it we're 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 blue and white and all of a sudden your your brain signals are getting crossed. No, we're not blue and white tonight. We're green and white. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm probably way way off the rails there. But you know what, Toronto Maple Leafs next year, please, please, just once with the green St. Pat sweaters. And the arena was seventy five percent blue and white yeah. last night. Anyways, uh, Naz, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs did not have a good week. They had a horrendous week. Uh, well, Friday night wasn't bad. It was came, horrendous, came, Naz. They, Come on. They Come came, on. They came back. They okay. Sh- they outshot Headline. Headline. And I was trying to find words to describe their performance last night. Terrible. Abysmal. I think the Toronto Sun got it pretty good. And for, for those of you watching uh, watching us on video live streaming at www.zoomeradio.ca, you can see it right here. Was that say, Naz? I can't. I can't read. <laughs> you can read. You just don't want to. You don't want to say it. Pathetic. They were pathetic, Naz. Okay, so let's analyze it. Uh, and you know we and we you know we don't Where's and we we've Jake never. Gardner? Where's Jake Gardner? Oh, 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 we're we're you know we got a lot to get off off the chest this morning. You know what? And we've always taken the. We've always looked at it this way. Um, I, you know, we get we don't get hung up on one on one bad game. It's an eighty-two game schedule. We don't even get hung up on bad streaks. You're gonna, you know, the week before the, the you know, they won uh, five points out of six out west. This week, uh, okay, you know, they managed to they they managed to catch lightning in a bottle Friday night against the Flyers after after get digging themselves in a hole. Uh, but this isn't, this isn't, you know, they, they better turn this around really, really fast. Uh, and if this is, if this is the, if this is what we're looking at in terms of playoffs, it's, uh, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a deep run into the playoffs. So let's analyze it. Okay. You know, everybody's been criticizing Jake Gardner for years in Toronto. (laughs) Is there anybody who would suggest that you don't want to have Jake Gardner in this lineup right now? Jake Gardner. Uh, Dermot, um, those two guys are out. Um, doesn't look tell like me, Jake, tell me, Jake's uh, going to be back either. Yeah, and it doesn't look like Gardner's going to be back. Naz, your analysis of where the Leafs have gone south in 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 the last week or so, and for that matter, uh, they haven't had one of the best records uh, since the start of the year. I think there's. 15th or 14th or 15th best record in the NHL since since January since I think Nylander came back or or thereabouts. Uh, what's going on with the team, Ness? Well, the one thing is the Leafs have not had more than a three-game losing streak, where other teams have had that. They've been pretty consistent coming back all the time. So I, I see them bouncing back, but they they turn the puck over so often in the in the offensive zone, 
And our, there are so many three-on-twos and two-on-ones on this team. It's a joke. They don't, you know. Um, this is not a Babcock coach team either. This is something that. Uh, well, I, I don't. I don't know what's going. I don't know what happened this week. Uh, I mean, three games they gave up six goals. Uh, three games are all four games. Three games. Three games. The Chicago. No, they gave up five in Chicago. In Chicago, they gave up five in that, but they yeah. lost the game. Yeah. Um, so their defense. Um, Trying to clear other players from the front of the net, you know. Let, let, let's be. If we want to work, use the word soft, they don't play the man. They don't seem to play the man in front of the net. They're they're reaching. They're stick checking in front of the net. There actually there are times when 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 the other teams, uh, the other teams' players uh, hanging on the on the edge of the crease, and, and there's no leaf defenseman on them. He's hacking away at the goalie, and there there isn't a and, and Leaf defensemen are hacking them with their sticks. You got to move bodies. You got to move bodies, Nas. The only guy doing it is uh, Ennis. He's the only guy hitting out there, and he's a little guy. Yeah. So I can't. You know, the one thing about you know you have to you have to accept that Mike Babcock's pretty bright coach, and you have to accept that. You know what? He he's got to be analyzing this and telling them this in the dressing room, but they come out and you know they're not even in some of these games that they they they, they don't wake up till the ten minute mark. I mean last night, uh, Senator seventeen shots in the first period. Um, it's effectively every single game this week, forty four shots. Effectively awesome. every single game this week, the first period, like they they look like they 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 uh, they, they they slept through the first period. They didn't the wake Philly up. Philly game, they were okay the first period. Okay, uh, Kelly Rudy last night on Hockey Night in Canada. Some interesting comments. Uh, he, he was pulling no punches, by the way. Um, quotation marks. They're defensively not in the game. Uh, I think that's. A comment not just on their defense, but uh, their units, their five-man units when they're on the ice. Defensively, they're not in the game, and they better straighten it out. And at one point in time, he referred to the way the Leafs were playing as Tim Bits hockey. Tim Bits hockey. <laughs> uh, that's a new one. Never heard that one before. Uh, so uh, some 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 very very critical words last night from from a man uh, you know I've always respected Kelly Rudy's take on the game. He seems to be an astute observer of the game. Um, I don't. I, I guess he's really not telling us anything we don't already know. Um, defensively, they had a really bad week. But as a f- and, as- and 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 the fact that up until last week um, we were talking about Freddie Anderson. In the Vezina conversation, okay, I'm not so sure we're talking that's, about him. In, that's going out the window. I think. Very I quickly. think. I think. You know that. What? Uh, I, you know, I hate to throw that comment out for a couple of games, but um, people don't be talking about that. But isn't it a fact, Naz, that Freddie Anderson's stellar play for most of the year has covered a lot of this up, and now that he's when he plays ordinary, uh, well, this team's got a problem. That's more than ordinary, though. That's really his safe percentage was in the seven hundreds. Those three games that he played, so he hasn't played well. Anderson has not played well, and you expect goaltending, steady goaltending, all the time from any NHLer, really. And um, he's got to play better, and so do the other members of the team. They have to play better. 
They're, they're, they're brutal in their own end of the rink, though. They are brutal. And? They, they don't get the puck off the boards very well. And every game starts, the puck is in uh, their end for three to five minutes. The first three, four shifts, the puck is in their end. They don't even get it out of their own end. Yeah, hey, you know what? I, I, I've been a pretty pretty big Ron Hainsey fan since he's come over from the Penguins. He hasn't looked good lately. Uh, he's, he seems to be struggling out there, chasing. They're, they're chasing people around in their own zone. Uh, Riley's the only one that has any jump on the on the D right now. Yeah, interesting about uh, Morgan Riley. He had an interesting week as well. Um, accused of making a uh, homopho- homophobic slur. I don't really want to talk, chat about that. I thought the Leafs handled it fairly well. I think Dubas uh, managed uh, what could have become a crisis. I thought he did a f- uh, an excellent job of of uh, not hiding, uh, addressing the media, addressing the values of the organization. Uh, Morgan Riley did a great job, um, didn't hide, went out there, said it wasn't me, it's not what I stand for. Uh, Dubas was there. Um, uh, they reiterated the values of the organization. I thought the both, both of them did a pretty good job on that. When I heard that at first, I thought, of all the guys, Morgan Riley doesn't see it. Well, and I don't know if anybody seems like they can do that, say things like that, but he's a very, he's a, like a Lady Bing type of player. Yeah, he, he, he seems like a really soft-spoken, so, decent yeah. human being. Uh, they got out ahead of that. They did a, I thought they did a wonderful job, and they also made their point that not only didn't Morgan Riley not do it, uh, as an organization, we want to reiterate what our values are. Our values are, you know, we treat people as human beings. We, we're inclusive. We don't, uh, uh, we're accepting, and that's not what we're about. Uh, kudos to, uh, to Kyle Dubas and uh, Morgan Riley, uh, which brought up an interesting question about afterwards. Um, some people were tweeting. I think Joe Bowen uh, was out there saying that Morgan Riley should be the captain or the Leafs should be the captain. Uh, uh, there's there's support for Morgan Riley. Uh, I think Steve Simmons in the Sun thinks John Tavares should be the captain. Uh, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Uh, we don't have a captain. Um, and some people, some critics uh, are suggesting that that may be the solution to their current problem because the seem the team seems to lack leadership naz there's plenty of leaders on that team though are they Patrick, showing it are they showing it Let, listen well, listen, what, were, listen to what garrett okay sparks the last said. two weeks last week and yeah. a half right? listen to what garrett sparks said after the game last night this is what this is your backup goalie okay the only the only guy who seems to be saying anything um this is what garrett sparks said we need people to get angry we need people to step up and get mad and take it personally. Shouldn't be you be getting that from somebody else and not from your backup goalie? Yeah, like, Anderson if anything, what they should be too. doing today, the players should be having a team meeting. I hope they are. I hope they are. In, in, in the old NHL, you know, somebody would step up if they had a captain. But if there's a leader in that room, he better take charge right now. Call a team meeting. Players only. No coaches. Sit around the room and say, guys... Put your grievances out on the table. How are we going to fix this? That's the way they used to do it in the old days. I don't know if they still do it that way, but uh, I'm sure they've had. But meetings. some some somebody's got to step up, and if it's not vocally on the ice, it's got to be in the dressing room. Uh, but when I you know when I when I see a, a comment 
from a back. Obviously, you get Garrett Sparks to say this after he gets, you know, he's, he's he, the he gets he's, it handed to him six to two. But you know what? You, you can blame Garrett Sparks all you want. And we've had that debate in as and he may not be an NHL goalie. I don't know. But I applaud him for saying that. I do. You know, they've at, at times last night, they, they left him out there all by himself. Okay, he gives up the odd bad one too, but a lot of those goals, man. When you got when you got the other team's forwards hacking you uh, at the edge of your crease, and your defensemen aren't doing anything about it, yeah. If I'm Sparks, I'd be I'd be upset. I would. Wally, you should be in the dressing room right now. What's you, that? You, Maybe you they need me to go in the dressing room. Man. I mean, that was an, you know what you know what it is just an unacceptable performance. Just unacceptable. So, you know, they go on the road this week. They'll probably turn it around as they usually do. So the least magic number is 10 to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. I'm not worried about that. But, uh, and you know, in it's 10 games is a long time. And are they capable of turning it around? Of course they are. Uh, we've, we've had this debate so many times now. It's 82-game schedules. It goes up and down. Last night was like it was just the bottom of the bottom. So hopefully they go to Nashville. They win. Uh, apparently they have the fourth easiest schedule in the last 10 games of the season. The Boston Bruins are on a bit of a, a slide themselves. They won last night. Though. They won last night. At least we're getting close to bridging that gap. But uh, anyway, so we've got to go to break. We've overextended our welcome on this Leaf Talk. We've got uh, the the owner of the Ottawa Senators waiting for us, and we're going to talk some, some uh, new venture that Eugene Melnick is involved in. It sounds very exciting. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we received this letter. My marriage is in a rut. Can you help us spice things up? Yes. Get the Gourmet Special. Two medium gourmet pizzas for just $24.99. He loves Canadian bacon, so he'll order a deluxe. She can order the Italian, because she loves the hot Italian sausage. Everyone's happy. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. 
Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740, downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Live video streaming, www.zoomerradio.ca. And if you're watching us on the internet this morning, you'll see how upset I am with the Leaf performance last <laughs> night. But anyways, uh, we're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour the owner of the Ottawa Senator Senators, Eugene Melnick. Good morning, Eugene. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning, Walter and Naz. Listen, it's great to have you. Uh, we're obviously not very uh, not ha- very happy about the game last night. I'm sure you are. Yeah, I'll give you this opportunity to rub it in a little bit. No, I should have bailed on the show. I didn't realize, uh, you know, uh, we would step up and, uh, and win last night. But uh, look, uh, I don't think uh, Lee fans have anything much to cry about. You're a Stanley Cup contender, and you got a good shot. And, uh, you know, you just used up a lot of your goals on the night before against Philly and won there. So um, I thought it was a great game. The result wasn't good for Leaf fans. It certainly was for Sens fans. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll be out of the playoffs. So, you know, we'll be carefully watching what happens uh, with uh, the Leaf Nation. Anyways, Eugene, we, uh, we, you and I have chatted over the co- course of the last couple of weeks, and you've made me aware of uh, an important uh, venture that you're getting yourself involved with. Uh, we've had occasion over the years to talk to talk with you about uh, quite a few things and when we've chatted with you it always it, it hasn't always been about hockey we had that great show where we talked about organ donations uh, we've talked right. about different charitable things on the air with you over over the years and there's a there's a there's a, 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 a venture that you're getting yourself involved in that as soon as you mentioned it to me uh, I definitely said we got to talk to you about it on the air because concussions this is all about concussions uh, we've uh, Naz and I have talked about concussions quite a bit on the air over the last few years, and I've related that to you, Eugene. But uh, I'll give you this opportunity. Um, there's a, there's an interesting, interesting new technology um, that uh, assists in diagnosing concussions. Tell us all about it, Eugene, and how you got involved in it. Sure. I, um, I actually I got involved a couple of years ago. I started focusing my efforts. I have another life outside of, uh, of a business life outside of the senators. Uh, and I come out of the pharmaceutical industry. That was my career for pre- pretty much all my life. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we see firsthand uh, in, in, you know, at the Ottawa centers, and I think every team in the league is the uh, devastation that comes out of, um, you know, uh, players that are concussed, especially those that have multiple concussions. And uh, the prevalence is huge in uh, throughout North America. There's over about four million concussions a year. Like it just it, it, that's what's reported with the CDC. Which uh, you know that turns into like ten thousand a day. Or you know, in this discussion we're having today, you'll probably have a hundred concussions happen in twelve minutes, or whatever we talk for. But it's like one every eight seconds. So this is happening everywhere, every day, in every facet, not just hockey, but every sport, um, uh, and uh, just in everyday life. People walk into things, people are swimming and hit their heads against something. So there's been no real great way of uh, diagnosing uh, people when they say, oh, I got my head uh, banged into this. And uh, technology has been um, uh, growing over the past uh, few years. It was in its infancy, real infancy, when I first found it two years ago. And now 
Uh, it's now, you know, one of the leading ways of being able to determine whether somebody is concussed, and that's through something called eye tracking technology, uh, clinical eye tracking. Up until now, the way you, you would uh, diagnose a concussion, you have a series of questionnaires that a doctor will ask, and then he goes into putting his finger in front of you and asks you to follow it up, down, backwards, forwards. And uh, this technology is actually, if you can imagine a um, VR, virtual reality-type goggles, you put them on, and there's a camera inside it that takes 100 pictures a second. So it's basically filming your eye as you track with your eye a little dot that moves around, little figures that move around, and you can't miss whether somebody is, is concussed. Now, the FDA approval uh, for it is not direct; it's indirectly an approval for a uh, a tool to be used to to determine a concussion. But let me tell you, when you get the printout of the results, it's as clear as day that the person's brain is scrambled. And uh, then, when you ask a few more questions, the symptoms come out, uh, and those are usually, of course, a splitting splitting headache. It shouldn't even be called a headache. There's no other term for it, but that's what they call it. Um, you're vomiting, uh, you're, you're dazed out, um, total haze. And, you know, the, the, and that leads to the pharmaceutical side because also what comes out of uh, the, the, these uh, concussions, multiple concussions long-term, is um, a, a concussion-induced uh, depression. And that's under clinical research. And after that comes aggression. Uh, and all of this uh, is now bound together into a company that uh, I started called Neuroline. Neuroline, L-I-G-N, like aligned. And uh, Neuroline's mandate is to do two things. One is to uh, provide world-class diagnostics in initially in concussion, but then we're going to move into other things that are um, can be determined and diagnosed through eye tracking, and then creating novel therapeutics which are drugs designed to address the various symptoms. And that's the first step in the pharma side. Um, we have drugs that uh, we are now developing for aggression, depression, uh, suicide even, and acutely for sleeplessness. Cause you know, if you get a concussion, you're, you're pretty messed up for a bit. Um, and you can ask anyone that's had one or two that, um, you know, they don't sleep. Uh, they're in a haze. They got splitting headaches uh, there's all sorts of other things that happen, but I'm more concerned about the long-term effects, and that's the, the depression, aggression, suicide thoughts. Eugene, and we're developing where, drugs. Eugene, where is Sorry, the where is the market for this device? Where do you see the market? Uh, the market for the device is a multiple fold. One is obviously what I call the institutional market, which are sports teams, but it's that's a very um, it's not as lucrative though uh, from an investor point of view as I think the general public. What the general public is lacking, and it's not just in Canada. In the U.S., it's worse. Uh, but most people will go try to get in to see their doctor, and everybody knows how difficult that is here <laughs> in Ontario or across Canada. Um, but they'll show up at emergency rooms, and, you know, they just, emergency rooms are swamped. You may not see a, a doctor for five, six hours, and you're sitting there with your child. So I think... What we're planning to do is to put our technology, our um, uh, instruments, and they're very simple. It's a computer screen with a VR goggles that are fully uh, loaded with this uh, eye tracking technology. 
into walk-in clinics, neurologist offices, um, anywhere where someone, uh, the, the general public, is your market. That's me and you with our kids, grandkids, walking in saying, hey, or, or yourselves, say, I just needed a quick diagnosis. I think I've got a, um, I think I've got a concussion. In under three or four minutes, we'll tell you whether you do or not. A doctor will. And by administering these this simple tests, and um, then comes the prescribing of, uh, first of all, addressing the symptoms. And all of our clinical studies revolve around people that are concussed and have symptoms. And uh, eventually, we're moving into actually protecting what's called neuroprotection, protecting the brain from any kind of hit. Because every time you get whacked in the head, and anybody that any, knows anything about concussions, you're losing millions and millions and millions of cells. And you keep doing that, and it gets exponentially worse. And we're just, uh, we want to address that. And there are drugs that are currently in clinical <coughs> trials right now that um, we are funding or planning to fund to uh, develop technology, develop drugs to uh, protect your brain cells from total devastation. Well, we're talking to Eugene Melnick, and we're talking about a new company that uh, he's getting himself involved in called Neuroline in its uh, concussion. Well, you know, Eugene, uh, you and I have chatted. Um, I've... uh, I've over the years almost become a quasi-expert on concussions through certain things that have happened um, that I've had to deal with. Uh, I've kept myself abreast of the developments, what's going on. We've talked to Steve Podborski, who is an outfit called uh, Parachute, I believe, Naz. We talked to him mm-hmm. about well, they're very involved in concussion. We've talked to jo- Dr. Joseph Cusimano, uh, Stephen Greigel, the lawyer for the NHL players. It's always been a topic that's been important to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Uh, but what you're and and I've just become aware of what you're doing very recently, Eugene. It's it's almost it's almost sounds revolutionary in concussion diagnosis and concussion management, in the sense that um, concussion diagnosis has always been a subjective process. It's always okay. been sitting on the bench, and I you know I coach minor hockey, NAS coach minor hockey, uh, minor hockey coaches in Canada now have to be sensitive to what happens, and we always have used to have these procedures where you know you'd ask you'd ask a, a, a child that you thought may or may not have had a concussion, you know you know how many months, what month are we in, what's your birth date? You'd start asking these questions, and then you know you'd, you'd pull them off the ice, and then if it, the questions weren't so good, you'd take them to the hospital. Um, but it was always a doctor trying to make a judgment. Uh, this is right. objective. Uh, yeah. This is is this as revolutionary as it's, as as what I'm sensing here, Eugene? Yes, it is. It's uh, it's I'm I'm downplaying it, and a lot of people say, "Ah, oh, it's in Canada." That's no, 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 no. This is truly something very, very special. Um, you first of all, there's some players as they get older and professional will actually try to uh, get around the questionnaire and the symptoms. Oh no, I'm fine. You know, no, no, no. I want to just get because they just want to get back on the ice, mm-hmm. as do many sports figures. Uh, in this case, you cannot cheat this system, and it's it can be administered by any. You don't need a doctor to administer the test. You do need them to actually declare you as having a concussion, but. The test, any you and I and anybody could look at it, and it turns into a 
uh, a pictograph almost, and it just shows that your brain is scrambled and that you have uh, you have you have uh, just had a, a hit to the head and you are concussed. And the same technology, by the way, guys, uh, is we're now doing clinical testing or beginning clinical testing on the use of the uh, eye tracking in determining whether somebody is actually intoxicated by opioids, by marijuana, um, uh, or any cannabis. And, um, you know, that I think that in time you'll see us being able to diagnose through eye tracking things like um, Parkinson's disease, dementia. Uh, the eyes don't lie. You know, these old phrases you hear going back half a century, oh, they're the, 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 the window to your soul. Well, there's certainly, we know now that it's a window to your brain. And we can tell whether you are somehow, your brain has somehow been altered. And usually uh, if you've been hit in the head and your, your, your eye tracking shows a scramble, then you are concussed. And uh, yes, it is as revolutionary as, I, as you think it could be. Yeah, uh, uh, Eugene, um, um, you know, we, we, we're a sports show here, and we tend to forget that, uh, you, you know, you had a life before you owned the Ottawa Senators, and you were one of Canada's uh, leading uh, leading business entrepreneurs in the, in the phar- pharmaceutical industry. Uh, we sort of forget that. Now you've, you've sort of brought that back to remind us of uh, your career prior to your uh, Getting into the hockey business, uh, Eugene, without right. be- without uh, you know uh, betraying any proprietary secrets or whatever, um, uh, where did this? How did you? How did you come about with this technology? Uh, where was it uh, researched? How did it? How did it come about? And uh, what support are you getting in the medical community? Well, um, the first thing is it started actually out of the pharma industry where we we're trying to find. Uh, drugs to address concussion. And through that, uh, I was in Boston. Actually, it all happened because of hockey, because I was in Boston for the playoffs. And I met the people at some people at Harvard that wanted to do clinical studies on uh, a very specialized drug. And I asked them, how, how are you guys going to, you know, sub- uh, concussion analysis, uh, diagnosis is subjective. Uh, how are you going to be able to determine your clinical endpoints? So it's kind of a technical, scientific way of going about it. And they said, well, we've got this technology. And that's when I started looking at that technology, which now I found that there's about eight to ten companies that are uh, in that business, of which really only two or three are credible. And uh, I've now acquired one of them. And the um, uh, the other ones, we have licensing deals with uh, one other one, but it's the science behind it, um, you've got Johns Hopkins, Baylor College of Medicine, even TGH, the Mayo Clinic, National Institute of Health. And the most important funder of these companies has been the Department of Defense. But now you've got, uh, uh, we've got signed up IndyCar. Every Indy driver has to go through our testing prior to the season starting. Uh, we're part of uh, the health, uh, the head health challenge with the NFL. And uh, the Ottawa Senators, we've been doing this uh, internally for the past two, two seasons. So every one of our players has done a baseline, and um, we track it for them. And um, they love it. They love to see because you can see the progression as they get better as well, don't forget. So a guy gets hit last night, we'll know today 
if it's getting any better, whether it's one of those short-term concussions or whether this one's in for the, you know, the next three, four, five, six weeks. Eugene, when are we going to see these in every dressing room in every professional sport in North America? If I have it my way. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. yeah. I think we're we're going to start uh, putting, rolling these out into, in a new year. I know that at least two teams have approached me that they wanted. And um, we're just going about it very carefully. I want to get it out to the public. My intention is to initially uh, donate a, a couple to uh, to high schools as a test, because now in Ontario you have to test the kids yeah. before the the, the um, school starts before they can get into any sports, and that's something called the Rowan's, Rowan's Law. Law. Named yeah. after yeah, it's named after that little girl that was yep. killed uh, because of concussions. So I'm going to donate one to. Uh, a school in Ottawa, to a school here in uh, the Toronto uh, area and also out at Ridley, where my daughter goes to school. And uh, just start with that with the kids, and it will naturally get into dressing rooms across across North America. Uh, That's going to be a priority for us. We're going to start with uh, two or three. We've got a whole slew of uh, U.S. colleges under uh, contract with us. So we're just rolling this out. It's now it's now coming to market. You're the first person I'm talking to about this. Well, we're we're, uh, we're and we're thrilled to talk to you about it, Eugene. This has uh, been a discussion that's uh, in the, in the five years we're soon to be on the air in this incarnation of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. It's something we've always talked about. Um, oh, that's great. And uh, it's always a, it's been a subject near and dear to this to Naz and myself. And Eugene, we got to let you go. Uh, we had Pierre Dorian on the show last. Sunday. Uh, just give us an idea of uh, your sense of the Ottawa Senators and uh, the future. Uh, uh, just I'll let you comment on that. Uh, give sure. us give the give give you an opportunity to give Ottawa Senators fans some hope. Go ahead. Well, first of all, I'm really really glad that you guys uh, see concussion as the problem. I see it as well. And keep keep you know well, keep we the will going. Yep. Keep it going because and I'll keep you posted of what Please. we're up to. Uh, on the sends, I look. We're going. It's a brutal thing to do. You know, I wouldn't recommend to anybody do a rebuild unless they have a big shield around them. Um, and hats off to Pierre Dorian for uh, taking the heat along with me because uh, we've been slaughtered in Ottawa over this. But you know, two three years from now, you got to plan it this way. We're doing a full rebuild, and I mean full. So you know, if you're, we need the veterans on board, which we have to keep these kids, but I've got eight to 10 kids sitting, not kids, kids are 20, 22 years old, uh, sitting in Belleville. We have 17 draft picks in the next three years in the first three rounds to deal with. And I've got probably, like I said, eight to 10 in Belleville sitting, waiting to come into the NHL. So we have the talent uh, to really take a run in the next two to three years, maybe four and sustain that no you know these are all going to be people that are under the age of 26 27 and they're all now in their either ninth i mean tachik is only 19 years old and um some of these players are just phenomenal we just got this little swede that came in um and uh it's uh i think i think we are going to be a huge contender uh over the next several years and um, in the meantime, we're going to just learn. The players are going to learn. And I think, uh, you know, we'll be a force to reckon with 
after this is completed, and uh, we're working as fast as possible to get it there. We've been chatting with Eugene Melnick. Eugene, you know how much we appreciate coming on the show, and uh, really, really important topic uh, this morning. We're going to stay in touch. We're going to see. Uh, we want to see these uh, these uh, this technology sweep the world and uh, make uh, make sports and in every human endeavor safer for everybody. Thanks so much, Eugene. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Eugene Melnick. Naz, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back after the break with Carlo Koliakovo. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I realised that, unlike pizza, you can enjoy Pizzaville's authentic panzerotti with just one hand. Pizzaville and its entities, owned in whole or in part, have no interest in knowing what you do with your other hand while you're consuming one of our panzerotti. Seriously. Get two authentic Italian panzerotti with cheese and sauce for just ten forty nine. One for each hand. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues. Price and cost. Most prices are competitive. We'll likely save you money too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. Now joining us on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, former Toronto Maple Leaf defenseman and co-host of TSN's First Up in the Morning, uh, great new radio talk show on TSN in the mornings, Carlo Koliakovo. Good morning, Carlo. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm uh, I'm doing great. <laughs> are, you, are, are you really doing great, Carlo? Really? <laughs> after that, after this week's performance, let, let, I, I, I just got to, sorry, I, I, sorry to interrupt, but I'll let you, I'll let you finish your thought. I said, I, I, I woke up this morning still shaking my head. Let me ask you a question and uh, we'll, we'll get into the Leaf performance, but I got to ask you this as a former player, because we talked about this earlier in the show. Okay. So Friday night they play in green sweaters. Uh, last night they play in green sweaters again. Is that a little bit over the top, a little bit too much? As a player, how would you have reacted to playing in, in non-blue and white? Like, I get it once, but twice? Is that really necessary? 
Um, is it really necessary? No, absolutely not. Um, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I was at the game Friday night and I, I enjoyed the, the different look. Yep. Um, but yeah, like you said, for, for a one-off game, it's, it's a nice thing to, um, you know, to change, but on a back-to-back games, I guess it's the significance of, of the weekend being at St. Patty's day. Um, you know, given that they were at home in, on Friday and in Canada still on Saturday night in Ottawa, um, I guess it was just their choice to continue it. And uh, to be honest with you, I, I was kind of a fan of the green and white jerseys. Uh, I, I was always a fan uh, as a player of wearing white at home. You felt like you were a part of your home crowd more. Um, you know, the, the, the brightness of, 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 the, uh, of the whole game, you, just, you felt like you were into it. I just feel like the dark unis sort of bring more of a dull look uh, to home games when, uh, when really as a fan and as a player, uh, Saturday night when the lights are on, you want to be in white. Carlo, this last pass bit, uh, this past stretch, the, the team is not playing very well. And there's talk about uh, appointing a captain all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? You know what? It's, I, I was surprised to hear the discussion, and I was surprised to see it come from Joe Bowen in the middle of the game. And, um, you know, he was basically pointing out that there's been a lot of, um, you know, talk and noise about this team and its play. And you would think that if there was a captain, somebody would come out and say something. And, you know, I was kind of surprised last night uh, after the game, uh, Garrett Sparks was interviewed and uh, he's basically calling out uh, guys' emotions and preparation and stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a message usually that you would hear from a leader of a team or a captain of a team, not from your backup goalie. And, you know, I don't. I don't have anything wrong with what Garrett Sparks said. I just have something wrong with Garrett Sparks saying it. I mean, Garrett Sparks, the backup goalie on this team, and he's a guy who's not playing very well. And usually, that type of message gets a lot more respect from players that are leaders on this team that are playing well and back up their play, um, you know, or back up their words with their play. And um, you know, Garrett Sparks should be more focused on stopping pucks for this team because he hasn't been good at all when he's played. And, you know, we saw signs of it again last night, but I'm not going to sit here and blame all of it on Garrett Sparks. This team in front of them has, I don't know what happened this week, but they've been horrendous. And I'm not here to make excuses of, oh, they're missing a couple guys. Because, you know, there's 30 other teams in the league that suffer through injuries as well and still find ways to win games. I mean, a perfect example is Winnipeg. They're missing two of their best players on defense, and they're still finding ways to win games and finding ways to play well. And, um, you know, it just it, it's really, really frustrating to see um, what, what the mindset is to some of these players. And uh, we're 10 games in. You're still fighting for second, second spot. You can't really afford to be losing uh, to non-playoff teams and, I was just so disappointed watching that game last night, shaking my head. I'm thinking, I was like, what are these guys doing? Where is the passion? And, um, you know, it, it, it starts with their best players. Their best players on a nightly basis have to be their best players, have to lead by example. And I was at the game Friday night, and when they were down 5-2, I was just scratching my head. I'm thinking to myself, do these guys not like playing with the lead? You know, because they waste a lot of energy on a nightly basis coming back from two, three, 
four goal deficits, especially this week. And they did it again last night. And I think last night's a perfect example of the NHL. You can never take your opponents for granted because that Ottawa team played hard. They certainly did. Mike Babcock is uh, noted as being the most prepared coach ever. They don't look like they're very prepared right now. What's what's your thought on Bab- Babcock? Yeah, well, hey, listen, there's been a lot of noise this week about, you know, firing the coach, Babcock's the problem, and I'm going to disagree with that. Um, you know, you, you're here's the thing in hockey and the thing in sports. You're not always going to love the guy you play for. Um <laughs> But Scotty Bowman being the prime example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's screaming for the new coach. Okay, well, who else out there, if you really think about it, can come in at this time of year and get the players to absorb the message that the coach has been preaching all year? Uh, to me, the onus is on the players. The onus is on the leadership group. Um, like you said, Mike Babcock, because I played for him, I've, I've seen it, is the most prepared coach I've ever played for that I've ever seen. And he, a lot of it is the demand through his leadership. He puts a lot of onus on his leadership to take over the responsibility to get the team going. And I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and question the coaches, um, methods or, or structures. At the end of the day, the players have to, are the ones that have to play. They're the ones that have to go out and perform and find ways to win. So I'm putting the blame here on the players because you can't you can't explain to me how you have guys on this team probably so you're going to have you have two of them right now that make more than 10 million dollars you're probably going to have a third you've got a Norris trophy defenseman and you've got a Vesna caliber goalie what is a coach supposed to do to get these guys going at the end of the day uh, Carl, let me let me interrupt there and we, we, we you you talked about it we talked about a lot of things You've just said we talked about it earlier in the show, um, and we talked about the issue of captain and Joe Bowen bringing it up, um, and we talked about there seems to be a, a I don't know if call it a crisis, but a, it, and perhaps you're closer to the situation. Is there a leadership vacuum? Uh, forget about the coaching staff and this discussion about firing Mike Babcock. I'm not going to waste two seconds on it because it ain't going to happen. Uh, I hear you, man. I so hear it you. ain't going to happen. So why people even waste their time on it? Let's forget about that. It's not going to happen. And it's and no yep. point. No point even talking about it. Is there a vacuum in leadership in that dress room? Forget about the coaching staff. What's your assessment? Um, I find it hard to believe just because of the people that are in there. I mean, you talk about. Uh, who I think is is you know the guy who fits the mold perfectly in John Tavares. Um, you know I know John as a person. I've seen him train. I've seen him play. I've played against him. And you know this guy has all the qualities that you want and need in, in, in a captain and a leader. He's done it in in New York. He's done it on on other teams throughout his whole career. You've got Patrick Marlowe, who's been in the league for over fifteen hundred games. Um, you've got guys that have been leaders on other teams that they've played on, you know, Morgan Riley, who I think, um, fits the mold right now of a captain just because of the way he's playing me, a guy who symbol symbolizes captain material is a guy who backs it up with his play. And Morgan Riley to me this year, um, has, has been the perfect example of that. So I, I don't, I don't believe it's a vacuum. I, I really don't. I try to answer this question every day when I see the way they play. 
And the the worst thing you can do as a hockey player when things aren't going well for you is make excuses. Um, this team um, has to find a way, either it's whether it's through a meeting or uh, getting together for a dinner or doing something as a group, to figure it out on their own. Uh, because everyone talks about Austin Matthews being that guy, that next captain of, of the Maple Leafs, but really, I, I haven't seen him take off with that role. To me, he hasn't showed me enough that he wants it. And, you know, he is the franchise player of the team. He is the face. He is going to be the second highest paid player. And rightfully so. He's an elite goal scorer. But in times like this, you need guys like that to step up, whether it's through the media or privately in the dressing room, and start calling guys out and start saying that what the, the, the way they're playing is unacceptable and they everybody else expects more from this team, including what should be the guys in that locker room. So w- whether you just want to mark it down as a rough patch that they've been in through this week and um, you know maybe it's a little bit of adversity that they haven't faced all year and maybe this is a good time to face it with 10 games left in the season, I hope that's the case. But there's a lot of problems with this team right now. And when you give up, just try and do the math, six, five, six, and again, six yep. last night, you give up 25 goals in four games, that to me is not a recipe for success. So there's a lot of issues that this team needs to address in the next two days. Here's a here's a million-dollar question for you. How did they beat the Bruins in this series? <laughs> they outscore them. <laughs> yeah. Get you more goals than they do. Car- Carlo, you know what? The, the Leafs have never been able to play the 2-1-3-2 game, and Boston is able to play it. I think that's yeah. a weakness for Toronto. They can't play the low-scoring games. And, and you know what? It, it, that, that's a great point because early on in the week when, we, when they played Tampa, we had Jay Feaster, um, who has a— um, a management role right now with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And we asked him what makes Tampa great this year, you know, why they're able to, to just blow teams out. And he said, you know, it's funny you say that because I'm around this team all the time and I don't notice that they blow teams out. They just push each other to be their best every day, and it starts in practice. In practice, these guys, these, these guys challenge each other to be their best. They hammer away the details, and it just carries over into the game. They're the type of team that – you can play any way you want. You want to play a track meet game, they'll all score you 10-9. You want to play a shutdown game, well, they'll, they'll, they're built to play a 2-1, 3-2 game. You want to play a checking game, well, you know what, they, they'll, they'll find guys to play that way, and that starts with the leaders. Where Maple Leafs, you know, you ask me the question, can they beat the Bruins? If the playoffs started today, I would give the Maple Leafs zero chance to beat the Bruins because the Bruins have those type of, of, of character players that'll prepare themselves to play in that type of game and that type of atmosphere where the Maple Leafs haven't really shown me any point this year that they're capable of playing that. And I'm not sitting here counting the Maple Leafs out because there's still 10 games left and there's still a lot of room to show that they're capable of doing that. But it's the time of year where you have to start preparing to play playoff hockey. And what I've seen the last four games, they are not focused at all on that. And whether or not it's... They feel like they have nothing really to play for because they know who their opponent is. Well, I the only chance I give the Maple Leafs right now to beat the Boston Bruins is if they get home ice because history shows that the last two playoff series against this team, the difference has been Game 7 in Boston. 
And if you were to write that story again, I'm still going to take Boston at home in a Game 7 game unless proven otherwise. Carlo, we've run out of time. We've got to let you go. Hey, man. Uh, listen. It's been a pleasure. I really it, enjoyed it. it and, pleasure. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. forward to the next time. Yeah, absolutely. The pleasure is all ours. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks, all right, Carlo. Guys, enjoy your day. Carlo Koliakovo. Uh, here's the roadmap for the Leafs to beat the Bruins or to be successful. They've got to play desperate hockey. And that's tough to that's tough to do when you're playing an 82 game schedule. They got to play like the Detroit Red Wings played uh, in 2008, 2009. You got to pressure, and the Detroit Red Wings did not play physical hockey. You got to pressure the puck all over the ice, every single shift, every single guy in position. You got to move the puck out of your own zone, and the goalie's got to stand on his head. That's how the Leafs will beat the Bruins. Pressure, pressure, pressure hockey. If your guys can skate faster than the other guys, that's your advantage. You got to figure out how to make it that type of a game. Easier said than done. Naz, last word. Heading down to Nashville, Tennessee this week. So, you watch the game? Uh, maybe. We might be dropping in for the game. Anyways, uh, I wish you a good time. Be yeah. safe. To all our listeners, we'll be back again next Sunday morning. Same time. Have a great and safe week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.